Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from Luke Boyd. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Two weeks ago, Andrew kicked off this this new series, The Blessed Life. And um, if you didn't hear um, Andrew's message from two weeks ago, it was the AM service, you got to podcast it. If you weren't here, please podcast it. Because I believe it was one of those moments where in church life, um, a vision gets cast or, and there's a certain spark to it, there's a certain crackle to the message, um, there's, there's, there's life in it. And I would encourage everyone to listen to it. And um, in that message, uh, you spoke about how God loves people. God loves people. And you spoke about how there's 300,000 people on the Central Coast, and God loves them all. And you used a classic scripture, John 3.16. Can we get John 3.16 up there, Mikey? I don't know if I even gave you that one, did I? I did. Yes. Oh, Yes. Do you know, church, I actually sent all my notes through last night. That's the first time I've ever done that. Is that pretty good? I can't believe it. I've been doing it for this many years. But I'm going to try and make that the norm from now on. Yeah. Because every morning I rock up or night I rock up and they're going, where's your stuff, you know. But it's going to be there. And I... So anyway, it says, <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And 17, please, Mikey. Hold on. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, we talked about, he talked about 300,000 people on the coast, and this is great. Having a revelation like that, when we can truly understand that there's a God that loves us, He's here to save and and not condemn, this is incredible. Um, But who knows there's 300,000 people on the Central Coast? And who knows that the majority of them probably don't have that understanding about a loving God that's here to not condemn. This This is actually just love. That he actually loves them. This is this is terrible. This is this is uh, a terrible thing. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, if you were to, you can tap into the vibe of what's going on around you. And the people that I know that don't go to church, don't know uh, about this God, they have these um, preconceived ideas about what Christianity is. And you know, oh, we hate. Gay people, uh, whatever you do, don't let your kids near a priest. Um, all these things, what you know, you name it, they're thinking it. Oh, all they want is your money. All they want is your money. Um, um, and there's all this condemnation. Oh yeah, Christianity. Oh no, whenever I think about that, or I don't want to hang out with those people. They just these these people that tell me how bad I am and and what I need to change. And they keep telling me I'm gonna burn if I don't. Um, do these, follow these rules and regulations. And um, I work in the city quite a bit and I walk past 
um, different places on the streets as I go from job to job. And sometimes you'll see one of those um, guys in the street with their um, loudspeaker. And they're just saying, basically, turn or burn. And, and you hear the words like, you sinners. And um, you hear the words like, uh, God hates this and, and, and all this stuff. And it's just so sad. I think one of the reasons uh, a lot of the people out there on this very central coast that have these uh, mixed up ideas about who God is and what this Christianity means is because um, Christi Christians <laughs> have not done a very good job in relaying the message of love, grace, and there's no condemnation. And it's, it's, it's something that I want us, because we've got this goal, Andrew cast the vision, it's a great vision to get behind, We've got this goal, and, and one of the things I want to do and, and I want us to think about is to reclaim the, the, the good news message, to reclaim the good news message, to change. It's my goal. I, I want to unite with my brothers and sisters. I want to unite with them to change this, this preconceived idea about who God is and what Christianity is. I don't want people to think that there's a God just hating on them. You hear people say, oh, if I go to church, the, the place will fall down. Because they feel so condemned. They feel so condemned. In, and a lot of people that have done, made mistakes in life. A lot of people that have done, made some poor choices. A lot of people that have done some things that they're not proud of. They, the thought of going to church is like, oh, I can't go there. I can't. I can't go there. Because they... Uh, I'm, I'm a piece of fill in the blank. And that's a genuine feeling that some people have. And Jesus, if, if you look at the scriptures and if you actually try and find out about who God is and you open your Bible and you would to turn to John chapter 8, you would see this story, which I think is just... It's, um, it's just so profound. And it slaps this idea that seems to be out there in the face. So if you want, you can throw that scripture up there. Let's have a look. At dawn, he appeared again. This is Jesus in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Now, this is a, a very serious, serious crime uh, to the people uh, back in this culture. This was a, you probably can't get too much worse than this. Um, and it, yeah, so the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of, Mo the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question to, as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. Pharisees are always trying to get rid of Jesus because he was making such a kerfuffle and creating such a movement of people of love and grace. Um, be terribly wrong 
um, by law and was, you know, the law actually said, look, you, you can stone this chick. This, this, is te- this, is, this is so bad that you can stone this person. And they're loving it. They're, the Pharisees are going, yeah, 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 we're going to do this. And, you know, so Jesus, if we, if we keep going in verse 6, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. A lot of scholars have wondered and marveled at what it was that he was writing in the ground. And I don't think anyone really knows. But it's obviously whatever he's writing in the ground is really confronting the the Pharisees standing there in accusation of this woman. They're really starting to go, oh. Okay, uh, maybe, I can't, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I can't throw a stone. Or it, whatever it was that he was writing in the sand, maybe he was writing down some commandments and laws that he knew they had broke. Maybe he... Who, yeah, thanks for my tense. Um, and maybe, who knows what he wrote, but it, it, it confronted these people so much that they started to walk away. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she replied, no one, sir. Then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. This is God. This in this is Jesus. In John three seventeen, he makes it very clear. He's come to not condemn us. It's not in the condemning game. How has the world gotten so twisted to think about God? in this light of condemning people. When you look at God in the scriptures and he's so not that God, he's not. I come not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Why? Because he loves. Because he loves. There's no other reason he came other than he loves us. That's it. It wasn't to come and show us how bad we are, wasn't to come and, you know, do anything else. He came because he loves. The whole mission, everything was driven, or the, the purpose, it was just all consuming love that, that tr- drove Jesus through life. That's it. That's it. It's, it's love, love, love. It's all I see in the scriptures, love, love, love. Um, and... Wouldn't it be phenomenal if we had the coast shift mindset, if we could shift the mindset to, to think about when, it, oh, so what do you think about Christianity and God? You don't, you don't go to church. What's your thoughts? Oh, I, I hear it's about these Christians that uh, worship a loving God that loves everyone, uh, that doesn't condemn anyone, but actually just loves us. And, um, and they do their best to love him and they do their best to love others and 
that's, that's what I hear it's about. I, I don't really know. That's, all, that's, what I, that's what I've heard. Could you imagine if we got the place to that state? How, um, how incredible would that be? And I think that's the goal. And I think that's what we're mandated to do. I actually think we're meant to spread the good news, not the bad news, the good news that we are loved, that we are loved before we do anything right before we do anything good, before we do anything at all. It's just because we are loved. Imagine, imagine, imagine if Christians were perceived as, oh, yeah, they're those people that love God and love others. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six to 40. Let's have a quick look at that. We're going to go through some scriptures today. Um, we're not going to stay in just one big place. We're going to jump around, um, and it's going to be fun. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Um, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, isn't it interesting, he, the, 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 again, the Pharisees, they're trying to catch him out. They're trying to f- see if he's legit, basically. And they say, what's the most important uh, law? What's the, what's the most important commandment? And he gives two. And I think it's because, and a lot of scholars would agree, they believe that you can't separate those two. You can't separate those two commandments. They're not something that can be separated. Because if you love God, you will love others. And if you love others, you're actually loving God. When you love others, you love God. And when you love God, you love others. There's no escaping it. Jesus didn't separate because I don't think he could have separated it. This is, this is a profound thing. It, it, so the Pharisees got a two for one right there. And it, it's, it's awesome. And so some of us here, okay, so yeah, love God, love your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? And some people go, oh, well, that's the person on that side of the fence, that side of the fence, and that side of the fence. And, okay, so I can love three families. That's okay. That should be all right. No. The neighbor is everyone. I think we all get that, right? Sometimes we don't. (laughs) Sometimes we forget. But it's everyone. God's, God's asking us to love everyone, everyone. I'm going to say it again, everyone. Um, in James 2 and in Romans 2, it speaks about favoritism uh, because God does not show favoritism. It says that God doesn't do it and it says that we shouldn't do it. God loves everyone, everyone. There's, there's no favorites. If you do a certain thing, then, oh, okay, then I can love that person. Or if you do that thing, oh, I can't love that person because look what they do. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says he shows no favoritism. He loves the Muslim just as much as he loves the Buddhist. He loves everyone. There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no criteria. There's no criteria that you have to fulfill to be loved by God. Not the, the that's this is something that people people forget. Oh yeah, Islam. Oh, we gotta yeah you know. And there's all this hate that's being preached. 
oh, come on. Christianity started off with 12 people and it exploded. It absolutely exploded. I think it was like one in, I remember I did some statistics uh, uh, with you guys uh, maybe a year ago about how many um, Christians per non-Christians were in the world. When it started, it was like one in every heaps. I can't even remember the number. Till today, it got to one in three. That's, what, that's, that's how it's exploded so much. But now, with all the stupidity and all of the walking away of the truth of the gospel, the good news, which is that God loves and he's not here to condemn, we've, we've walked away from that. Now people are confused. People are confused. People are... Uh, Christianity, Jesus, God causes people to go, oh. It's time to reclaim the good news and spread the love, people. <laughs> it's time to spread the love. Oh, no favorites. No favorites. Um, let's, let's have a look at, oh no. So with that, with that no favoritism, love, we begin to realize that love is the way of God, right? We're getting that. I know this is a very straightforward message for a lot of us, but I think it's something that we need to remind ourselves of and let it motivate us. It's not something to just have in here and have in here and just keep to ourselves and live out our life in peace and harmony. It's, it, I want this, these simple truths to motivate us to go and be active with this love, okay? But um, yeah, so God loves us. God loves us very, very much. And the scriptures actually say in, in one of the epistles of John that God is love. It's, it's one of those um, statements that just blow my mind. I'm like, God is love? It, what does that mean? There's, that is one of the most loaded statements you can find. And um, the implications of it, the meaning of it, it's so profound, so deep, blows my mind. Um, God is love. Ephesians 5.1.2 says this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Some translations here don't say follow God's example. Some translations say be imitators of God. And God is love. God is love. Be imitators of God. So what is love? <laughs> Some people are like, okay, well, you, I've, I've been tracking with you so far. It's all making sense. Um, I try and do that these days. I try and be very logical. Um, so we, we, I'm, I'm, I've got you to this point. What is love? Let's have a look at the scriptures. A lot of people have heard this again, but let this motivate you. 1 Corinthians 12.31 says, And yet I will show you the most excellent way. Before that, he's talking about all the different gifts that we have. He's talking about all the different ways in which we function as a church, all the talents, all the, all the motivational gifts that we have to be able to go and, and do things. Go and, um, you, know, ex, you know, teach people, preach to people, heal people, speak in other tongues, do all this cool stuff, get wisdom, get knowledge, all this stuff. He goes, everything you do in the Christian life it's great. Yeah, 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 it's good. But let me show you the more. He's talking about even faith. Let me, let me tell you something even better than faith. Let me tell you something better than hope. Let me tell you something better than anything that we've gone through so far. 
Let me show you the most excellent way. And 1 Corinthians 13, the very next chapter says, after he says, let me show you the most excellent way. 13, 1 through to 13, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. If I stand on the corner and preach to these people, but don't have love, you are a resounding gong. Put the thing down. Put the thing down. It's hurting my ears. It's killing me. It's killing people. Hate. It doesn't work. Fear. It doesn't work. What does perfect love do? It gets rid of fear. Why are people afraid of God? They're not being loved. They're not being loved. Let's have a look what love is. Verse 4, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It, please, somebody, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Come on. Can everyone just stand up and give the Lord a clap, please? God is love. Love always perseveres. It never gives... Never fails. Love never fails. You may take a seat. I just had to do that. I think it was worthy of a standing ovation. <laughs> oh, and then uh, Paul goes on and says a little bit more about some stuff, which is really cool. But due to time, I just want to say, he finishes off that chapter with, and now these three remain. When it, he's basically saying, when it's all said and done, I've told you the most excellent way. When everything is all said and done, when planet Earth and humanity, when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, only three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And he says the greatest of all these is love. It's love that really matters. It's how we love. It's how we love that really matters. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. So if we want to get rid of the bitter taste that people have, if we want to get rid of this foul smell that's in the air about God and Jesus and Christianity, if we want to remove these weird, uh, mixed up, twisted, preconceived ideas that are out there, the key, the goal is to love. It's not to outsmart them. It's not to try and present a case a debate that, that, that proves them wrong. It's not about pointing out all their problems and, and look, look at how bad you are. You need God. Oh, my goodness. 
It's not about that. It's about love. It's about love. No one needs to hear anything else. Most people know. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that in that story of Jesus, when he's talking about, um, he's talking to the woman, he doesn't seem so interested in her sin. Doesn't seem that interested. And the way it's presented between the Pharisees and the woman, he's not so interested in it. Uh, and, and I think that he gets it. He knows that we all make mistakes. It's nothing new to him. It doesn't shock him that we make mistakes. It doesn't shock him at all. He knows it. We're human. We make mistakes. He's not so interested in the mistakes. He's interested in loving you. He's interested in setting you free. He's interested in giving you life and life to the full. So, so beautiful. And just to wrap it up, this closing scripture, we want to we wanna let the coast know that God loves them and that we love them. That's our goal. We want people to know that they are loved by God. And this is, this is an interesting thing that Jesus says to his disciples, the very first Christians, the very first Christians. He says to them in John 13, 35, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. Not if you can recite the law. Not if you can, you know, not if you can prophesy. Not if you can heal the sick. Not if you can do this, that or the other. Doesn't, it's all, it all fades away. It's all melts away to nothing in comparison to love. It's love. Love is the thing. Love is the source. Love is the goal. It's the motivation that we all must be moved by. We must be moved by. We have to, be, we have to allow ourselves to be moved, inspired, and, and motivated by love. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.